Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Jim Pinto with another episode of Metal Workshop. This is a mini episode that we're doing on the fly because we're going to talk about lyrics, and it kind of arose spontaneously. And Jim, since it was your idea, why don't you, you know, get the ball rolling with, with an initial thought, and then we'll just move from there. I am perpetually screwed whenever I'm on a podcast because I have to prologue so much to get to a point, and I don't want to do that today. I kind of want to tell people the backstory. Okay, okay. Well, if I do that, can... then it sort of robs the, of the soul of what we're talking about. I don't know. You could do it. Are you worried that people are going to be mad at you for your opinion on this subject? Or no, you... not at all, oh. not at all. I, I, my opinion is rooted in my classical approach to writing. Uh-huh. So of course people that aren't writers are going to have a very different opinion about what metal lyrics should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing and therefore and various, you know, other perspectives on the, yeah. on the topic. But I just wanted to say that, uh, you and I talk a lot about metal when we're not recording. Yes. And we've been talking a lot the last two weeks when we really weren't talking that much at all beforehand. Yep. And now we're talking almost every day. So I don't think people realize how much homework we're doing before we record. Um, that's we waste true. a lot of material on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yeah, but I forget so much of it is the problem. So, like, we have oh, all these conversations, well, good, and, then, and then it just vanishes into the ether. So, you know, and I worry about repeating myself, so I never know what to say next because I don't want to say what we've said on a previous episode, confusing that with what we talked about when we weren't recording. Yeah. Well, and, and that's so, why I wanted to do the like we have a topic that we were thinking of for the next episode. That's why I was thinking go with a topic because that would prevent us from just covering right. the same ground over and over again. And that's um, a great topic, but you've got to do your homework. I picked yeah. my five. Yeah. I'm close. Them. I'm close, but I'm, you know, I, I, I but also I want to like, so with that topic, I want to take my time. I want to, I want to pick the songs and then listen to them and then decide if I'm really satisfied that these are the, <laughs> these are the songs that make the, you know what I mean? Because, and I love making lists. So I made mine in two seconds. Your you list was already done. Like before I even answered, asked the question, it was, it, <laughs> You, you were like ready to go. You're like, I'm done. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, yeah, wait, record. wait. I, I don't want to commit to this list just yet. I might. It's it's a little premature, you know. Um, so you sent me that link to uh, a Turnus Solitude or Solitude Solitude Turnus, which just for Solitude people who don't know, they're a doom metal band from like the late '80s, early '90s. They're still active through the '90s, and I think they're like a southern doom metal band. Because if I recall, they come come from someplace in the south, and and if I if I if I'm correct they kind of got their sound from the band trouble um they sound and, very similar yeah I yeah 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 i think i mean i i i didn't know it when i first listened to them because i didn't know about trouble at the time but later people told me that and when i would listen to trouble i was like yeah i can see the connection but and that that tree on the cover of the album of psalm 9 they use that tree on the cover of their uh album yeah. I don't remember the name of the album. No, before. and you pointed that out. I don't think I've ever noticed that. So, yeah, but it was clear as day tree, once man. you pointed it out. I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's the same tree for sure. So, um, yeah, they're certainly at least paying homage. If they're not, maybe they I, borrowed some members for all we know. No, I think I think it's homage because um, I think Doom has a tendency to sort of just emulate what came before. Like, there's right. another band called Count Raven, and the singer sounds exactly like Ozzy Osbourne, like to the like exactly like I, you, people always thought it was a um, Ozzy Osbourne cover band when I would show them the album and that's just the style is just you know they would kind of reference the bands that came before um, so did you listen to Witchbreed and Imaginos when I 
when I sent you those links. So I didn't we... get to that yet. Okay. Uh, I have a, I, I have a, I was listening to a lot of the stuff you sent, but there was we were we we just sent back like ten different uh, yeah. links on either side. So uh, I listened to the tool one that you sent, and I listened to um, the fate's warning one that you sent. Yeah, and there was a couple of others in there too. So, um, which breed and Imaginos, in my opinion, are what modern Doom should sound like? Um, okay. I think one of the reasons I don't like the '80s Doom that you keep sending me is that the lyricism is just so corny in a lot of yeah. times. And I expect when I hear the term Doom, yep. I expect certain things. And then you take talk about a band like Count Raven. I immediately know they're going to have ruffled sleeves and they're going to be emulating Meatloaf, right? I don't and know that they did. I, I, I don't want to libel them on the podcast. I don't know that they did. I think that they, <laughs> I think that they, they might've actually, cause again, I think, I'm not sure if they were a Southern band, but like a lot of like Solitude Eternals, when you see these guys, yeah, they can wear like the velvet stuff yeah. for their pictures. But if you see them in their day clothing, they look like Leonard Skinner. You don't want to mess with these guys. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're not tough, but there's an image that it get immediately gets evoked and yeah. you go in with the wrong preconceptions or yeah. you know, well, biases. So it's very hard to listen to it clean. Well, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think that, um, that like doom metal and a lot of metal from that period was very, like I said, in my mess, very comic book rooted, very yeah. Lovecraft rooted. It was, it was, it was stuff. I mean, again, I was a kid who was watching slasher movies with my friends late into the night. I was watching all kinds of trash and, right. and reading stuff that wasn't, you know, wasn't the greatest. And so that, that's sort of where the lyrics were, I think for a lot of the metal bands. Um, and some, some were better than others. The the thing about Solitude that is interesting, though, is at the time, you know, people that I knew thought of them as really great lyricists simply because of the word selection that they were using. Um, right. But but but, you know, you obviously had a lot of issues with their lyrics, which we, we had a very <laughs> deep discussion on. Um, right. Right. So I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to uh, uh, undercut any of that. So maybe you should get into that before uh, before. We just go on like a, a, a ramble about Solitude Eternus. Sure. I think that when and, – and we are definitely coming from a different point of view too because mm. while I grew up on comic books and bad fantasy novels as much as anybody, I guess, I grew up really quickly as a kid. Okay. And I didn't get to enjoy all the things that everybody else got to enjoy. I didn't do the hack and slash D&D in my teenage years. I moved around a lot. I didn't get have a steady uh, – I didn't have a, a steady foundation of friends. And so you turn to music yeah. and when you encounter things like rush and triumph and Judas priest early on and, and iron maiden, cause Steve is yeah. Steve Harris is such an amazing lyricist. Um, when but, you, well, I want to stop you at iron maiden actually, because a lot of people will say that iron maiden lyrics are corny. Um, but I agree with you that song. there's a lot of corny songs. But, I'll give you that. But but I agree with you. He's a really good lyricist, and I think sometimes yeah. not not recognized for that fact because yeah. of the cho choice of, of subject matter. Um, right. What would you say separates someone like him from the cornier stuff, even if they're covering similar ground? Do you know what I mean? Like even if they're they're still you know sort of going with similar topics. What is it about Steve Harris's writing that you think separates him from those other bands? The one of one of them is point of view, right? right? You know when you're listening to Hallowed Be Thy Name, the entire song is from the point of view of the guy that's about to be hung 
Yeah. Or guillotine. I don't know. Is he going to be hung or guillotined? Oh, gallows. Yeah, he's yeah, going to be hung. Yes, I think it's a gallows. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, takes me to the gall- take me to the gallows bowl is the line. So the whole song is from his point of view, and everything is thematic and makes sense, and it, it's a perfect metal song, right? Then you get something like you were saying, Twenty Two Acacia Avenue. That's a corny song. Yeah. It's not. In fact, it's pretty offensive by today's standards. I, I don't right? think Steve Harris wrote the lyrics for that song. Yeah, he may have not on that one. Um, but then you get the song about Dune. What's a to tame a land tame is about the not Dune. I'm pretty sure that's Steve. And you listen to it, and it's all again. It's it's it 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 stays within the structure. It and the most important thing it doesn't do is it doesn't tell you. It shows you. It shows you through evocative imagery and phrasing and cadence what is going on, as opposed to that one song, the burning sky, the fading sun. Beneath, uh, the, beneath, fading the, fading sun, beneath the Fading Sun. Sixteen lines to say <laughs> I had a bad dream. Right? That's and they're not good lines. They're kind of corny and they don't finish. And at one point he asks himself a question and you don't know where you are in the lyrics. You keep getting pulled out of the moment. Okay. And the lyrics I I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. I've only heard one of their songs ever. Right. I don't know how I've succeeded at doing that. But I know that people, when they sit down and listen to Pink Floyd, they like to do it in the dark with the headphones on, looking at that lyric sheet and feeling everything that Glover, is it Glover? Gilmore? Gilmore wants you to feel in those moments. And I think corny lyrics, or just in this case, high school poetry, it pulls you out of the moment of what you're doing. There's so much good in that other Solitude Eternus song that you sent me instrumentally yeah right yep. uh the seeds of desolation or uh, seeds of the desolate i think it was called seeds of the desolate which is also do you, strange do you want to know what that song supposedly about as i don't know What's if you were able to fit so yeah, i didn't so close to me go ahead so i was a member of the solitude eternus fan club when i was younger uh, right. And I think I was actually pretty low. I think I was like number 26 or something. It was really low. Um, but I used to get videos and all kinds of stuff. And I got a lyric book from them uh, that where, the, where the, the guy who wrote the lyrics was explaining like each of the songs. And if I recall for that one, it's about uh, it's about how you it's about Cain and Abel, basically, and how the evil that's in humanity began with that first act of murder. That was the. Right the explanation that he gave of the song, if I remember correctly, um, right. which I, I don't, I, you know, whenever I listen to it now, I look for that. And I, I kind of find it hard to, to really get that from it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. 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 Um, yeah and I, I think a lot of what he, he's spending too many words at sometimes he's spending too many words to say a thing. Yeah. And then at other times he's not saying much. He's trying to say a lot with very few words. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's trying to set a mood or if he's trying to explain an action to me. Well, and I I get lost in those moments and I ask myself, you know, if this is really doom metal, shouldn't mm-hmm. you just be painting really doom-like imagery? I think that with them, so I guess the defense of 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 Solitude's lyrics would be something like they're more about painting a a feeling or an atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Like a Yeah. Like just trying to create a sense of like what the what what it feels like walking outside when it's raining or something do you know what i mean like right, there's a lot of songs right. that kind of have that vibe to them right and i also think that they're deliberately sort of spiritual they have a lot of christian 
themes in their lyrics and they have a lot of right. religious language in their lyrics. And I grew up in a really religious household in a kid as a kid. Sure. So I remember what connected me to that band's lyrics wasn't so much understanding them because honestly their lyrics are kind of hard to understand, but just because they're, they're sort of the phrasing is sometimes very unusual, I think. And the, um, and, and, and like we were saying, the word selection is, it's sort of awkward at times, but what connected me to them was the, the spiritual aspect and stuff that was like immediately biblical or, uh, or recognizable to me as a spiritual uh, experience of some kind. So having it not n be totally clear what's going on and where you are was sort of helpful in that sense. Right. Um, again, that was just how I connected to it as a, as a younger person. That was sort of the thing that, that, that resonated with me with that band. Um, but also, I think they have the misfortune of it's the time that they came out got to understand this was like this was like the height of like all the Anne Rice stuff and all the 90s horror that was like really right like everything was sort of super elaborate and baroque back then i don't know if you remember like the way that like a lot of the books sounded and a lot of the you know just everything was sort of ornate and i think that i think a lot of their lyrics they were trying to be ornate do you know what i mean and i think you bring up a really great metaphor there you remember when vampire the masquerade came out yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember okay. seeing it on the bus the first day that, uh, well, not the first day it became available, but very early on I remember seeing it on the bus to school. Even when the writing wasn't good in that core book, mm -hmm. the entire product was evocative. Yeah. It, you, when you were done, you felt something about that book. And it's a long read for in a comparison to a song, but I'm, I'm getting somewhere. You knew how to play that game. You knew what you wanted to do with that game. You had an idea in your mind and it may not match anybody else's idea of how to run that game, right? Because D&D, yeah. &D, everybody reads D&D, &D, they know exactly what to do with it. But you read Vampire, and it's it, it conjures up things, and it gets you excited, even when the writing is bad. Then you read a source book written by a freelancer who's never worked at a game company before, who just wants to get their ideas on the page. And you're forced to swim through page after page after page of bad exposition. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's sort of the difference, I think, between uh, between expectation and execution. You've set me up. Metal mm -hmm. sets me up to believe that it's smarter than other kinds oh, of see. music. Right. Yep. Yep. And that's Vampire the Masquerade. Mm -hmm. And then I approach a certain band like I don't I don't know. I think Geezer writes good stuff, so I can't use Black Sabbath as an example. But. Say a lot of the the stupider stuff by Megadeth early on, yeah. like the mechanic mm -hmm. or the song Five Hundred Two about getting a speeding ticket. You read oh, you lyrics don't like Five Hundred Two. Like <laughs> it's a great song, but those lyrics—I mean, they don't even need to be there. Just I kind of like the lyrics in Five Hundred Two, though. It's like a it, it matches what's going on. You know what I mean? Like it, it matches the sound of the of the song. You know, absolutely, it does not uh. match the title of a band called Megadeth, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, but it, there, but and there's the disconnect. Okay, okay. Well, I so think Solitude Eternus sounds like they're going to be a really smart band. They've got mm -hmm. a Latin name, mm -hmm. right? And then you get in there, and some of the word compositions are clumsy. Or and I don't want to bash on them all day because I've only well, heard a couple of songs that you well, sent let, me. Let, I'll, I'll take the there's position all kinds of bands them, I can so pick that, up. So it's not like purely an attack. Uh, so I think I think the defense would be that they're they're still clearly well read. 
Do you know what I mean? Like they're like they're drawing on they're obviously drawing on Lovecraft and they're using a lot of big words or a lot of obscure words and it's it's just it lacks a certain refinement maybe, right? Like it's a uh, um this isn't this isn't these this isn't lyrical content put out by a grad student. This is lyrical content right. put out by somebody who reads a lot of Lovecraft, reads reads a lot of horror and is maybe emulating some of right. that that phrasing and that style. Um, and so for me as a kid, when I was, well, I wasn't a kid, I was a teenager, but you know, I, I really adored their lyrics. Um, as an adult, you know, like with a lot of metal, when I go back and look at it, I can sort of see the rough edges on it. Yeah. I can, I can see some, you know, some of the critiques that, that you're, that you're making. But at the same time, I feel like metal has never been, it doesn't always have to be smart metal, right? Like there's a lot of metal that's hokey and goofy, but charming. And so like anthrax, anything by anthrax. <laughs> well, I, I could never get into anthrax and it's not because they're a bad band. It's not because right. the, the lyrics, I just, just something about the way they write songs. I just never could get yeah, into yeah. them. I, know, I get it. I was yeah. making fun because they are an example of a band. I like with dumb lyrics. Oh, well, right? I'll be, are... uh, what about King diamond? King diamond has really hokey lyrics, right? Like he writes uh, yeah. horror movies to metal music. Um, it's not, it's not like gonna, like it's hokey in that, you know, it's not grad school level, right? It's not, but, 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 but I really like the stuff that he does. I really like that there's a story. I like the, uh, you know, and again, he's English is in his first language. So right. kind of like with Candlemas, you have to account for that when you're right. evaluating the lyrics. Um, so I'd say for, uh, for somebody whose first language is in English, he does quite well. Um, but he's kind of, you know, he's goofy at times and he's, he's got a song you know, called no Chris, no presents for Christmas. That's basically a Christmas song. And he's got, um, you know, he's got humor in there and it's, right. it's not, it's not striving to be super serious all the time. So um, I'm going to say something, uh, absolutely Phil, just absolutely Philistine. And I'm going to lose my metal badge. Go ahead. Go I don't, ahead. I don't like King diamond's voice. So I think mm. his lyrics match his voice because he's kind of a cartoon to me. Yeah. So you know, it's he, okay. He's writing to his style, and one of the things that's going wrong in, with Solitude Eternus is he's singing at this really shrill pitch that doesn't change, mm -hmm. and the band is playing in these doom riffs that are sometimes really good, yeah. and that guitar player is really talented, and then the lyrics don't match anything else anybody is doing, okay. so... It's not a good marriage. See, I would disagree with all that. I, I yeah, I, I'm sure you would. I, no, I'm being much more picky than you are about it. But and you don't need to defend them every time. I'm no, no, just, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I think I, I have an honest disagreement with you about um, how well those things go together. Um, okay. Uh, so, so for me, when I when I like, I totally understand your criticism of the lyrics because I can see everything that you're pointing at. Do you know what I mean? I can see yeah. all the I can see it. But when I hear that voice, that voice over that guitar and the and the lyrical content, it all kind of matches to me. And I don't right. I, I and again, I think it might come down to sort of I feel like I know what they're going for, if that makes sense. Like I feel yeah. like like I was in the same mental state as they were when they were writing it. And so it right. connected with me. Um, and, and that's why it connects with a lot of people yeah. probably, right? They're everybody finds their audience and their niche. Yeah. Uh, they're not mine. No, no, this is definitely, this is a band that I was very reluctant to share with you because I knew <laughs> it would not go over well. Um, but what I like is I, I like getting... six or seven of their songs now. But I, no, but I like getting your honest opinion on these things. Yeah, and yeah. so, 
But I wanted to go back to King Diamond because, uh, for number one, I don't think a lot of people would fault you for that because King Diamond, like, I got into King Diamond early, and that's why I was able to enjoy King Diamond. Do you know what I mean? If right. I had if I had gotten into King Diamond five years later, I think I would have had a harder time because his voice, it's sort of like Bob Dylan. Like, just not everybody can get into this guy's voice. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's like, it, he, he's kind, he's taking some of the stuff that, like, Halford does but bringing it into like gremlin territory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like really exaggerated the way that he sings. And, and he also, he has basically like two voices that he uses and then some characters yeah. that he'll tend to, to speak in the voice of, or right. speak, sing in the voice of. Um, yeah. And not a lot of metal lyricists would do that. Not a lot of metal singers would do that. Excuse me. What, where they would have different characters or bring in different voices. It's, you usually use your, the skills of your voice to to make the people feel that those things are taking place instead yeah. of bringing in a character. Well, he he's doing musicals basically. He's basically like yeah. like he's like it, it was my cup of tea because I was a horror fan and I was like a bad horror movie fan. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so like right. so like that's that's a, every one of his albums is like a it's a different kind of horror movie. Like the, you know like like Abigail might be sort of a more high level horror movie like more of like a right. ha like hammer studio maybe you know right. um not high level but that you know uh higher than say uh, an album like um uh, what was it called the eye which to me felt like uh the mark of the devil like one of these more exploitative movies about witchcraft during the middle ages um right. so you know he, he you know but 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 with king diamond i think um i think that you know the the lyrics, like I was saying, they're they're definitely hokey and comical, but but it, it, it you know it's it still works for me. But I guess it's because of what you were saying, which is his voice is comic and the contents kind of match it. Like he's yeah, not yeah, comic, yeah. Like what would be the he's got sort of like a horror comedy vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's like an Evil Dead or Gremlins or uh, any of these horror movies that also have an element of humor to them. That's kind of what a King Diamond album feels like. I don't think Twisted Sister is metal. They're they're a rock band, but Stay Hungry tried to be as metal as it could. Their their well, big album. Well, let, I let's, think I let's think D. Snyder. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think we should talk about whether Twisted Sister is metal because I, I don't know if you ever saw that documentary on them that was on Netflix. I did. I did. I watched the whole thing. What did you think of that it. documentary? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, but that, they even say that they're a rock band. Yeah. No. It was. It was a really. It was a really good documentary. But I thought it was interesting that that Scott Ian was maintained. I think he was the one who said they were a metal band, right? Because he had seen them performing locally and in uh -huh. the clubs, I guess they played their music really fast or something. And so that was, I guess there were, a, the story is that there were a lot of, that some thrash bands were influenced by Twisted Sister from seeing right. them play in the clubs. And right. I'm, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying right. I'm agreeing. Yeah. And so I guess the question is, number one, do you believe that that's the case? Do you think that they sounded more like metal in the clubs? And if so, do they deserve credit for, you know, having like one foot in metal in that way? I think they sounded more punk in the clubs. Mm. Um, and that thrash also gets its roots from punk. Yep. So uh, I can see where Ian's coming from. I just don't see anything metal about them. I see it as really hard rock. Yep. And we didn't have a lot of choices when that album came out. 
So every metalhead was buying it and, mm-hmm. and enjoying it. I mean, there were what? 50 albums at that point in metal in 1983 or whatever it was. I think it was 83. So there weren't a lot of choices. I think it gets glummed in because it gets godfathered in now, but I don't okay. think that they're metal. No. Okay. Yeah. It's and a, I, don't, it's... I don't think I would have made that distinction at 13. I didn't care. I was listening to that yeah. thing over and over again. The point I was going to make about Twisted Sister is that Dee Snyder uses words he doesn't understand. And it makes some of the songs sound... Can you give an example? Because, I mean, I know Twisted Sister from their songs on the radio, right. and Dee Snyder is a colorful personality who I find, you know, very charismatic. But right. I don't know their lyrics very well, so... Um, I'd have to go look up a song. Mm-hmm. Um, is I'll it, do that is, right now. Well, let me ask you the nature of it. Is he selecting words that you think just aren't in his vocabulary or words that he just... Like, he just isn't thinking about them when he uses them. Like he's No, using them I the think he's way. using words that are in his vocabulary and that he's always used wrong. Because okay. he did the same thing in the movie that he directed. Mm-hmm. Um, he would use words wrong. Okay. Um, I mean, people do that. That is like a... Like, there are certain... Like, there are even words that have a certain kind of currency being used incorrectly. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty generous with that. If uh, if as long as I know what the person means, I'm okay with it. Uh, if it's unclear to me what they're trying to say, then I might get annoyed. Um, the, some of the lyrics there's there's a, some of the lyrics in the song "Stay Hungry" are, are wrong, and in the song "The Price," and I really like the song "The Price," but I'll listen to it and I just okay, that's you're not using that word right there. But then he'll do a song like "Captain Howdy" and "Street Justice." And it doesn't matter because those songs are telling a story and he does it really well. Okay. Um, but so it, with, with Twisted Sister, you're getting you're getting a little bit of the we're not taking this too seriously um, vibe as well. And I, I think I think because they're so commercially such a joke uh, mm. aesthetically. Right. They didn't even take necessarily with all the makeup and the giant hair and whatnot. I think that it's okay. Maybe they're the beginning of glam that we were talking about. Maybe they opened the door for Motley Crue. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But we're getting off the topic of lyrics. That's okay. I we're are still example. kind of on the topic of lyrics because you were talking about how ridiculous some of the words were, and and so you know, I, again, I, I think I think a lot of that does come down to how how serious minded you are as a consumer of this stuff. And so, can we agree that Rain and Blood is? the quintessential thrash metal album or speed metal album, depending on how you, yeah, want to I mean, I would say it's definitely a contender if it isn't, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's important. It's a yeah. big album. It's important. It's really good. There's lots of songs in there where he's just listing as many offensive words as he possibly can yeah. to evoke. And because of the way he sings it, you take it a little more seriously than you would if he were singing it the way King diamond sings it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, King Diamond seems sings things. Per- yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you get to a song like Raining Blood, which is absolutely the perfect soundtrack to the end of the world. Right. And it has all of that dark biblical imagery going on in it. It's got revelations going on in it. It's got God destroying the world with fire imagery going on with it. And it's just so well done from beginning to end that you hear a song like that and you just want everything to be that good. I think maybe that's where I come from, and that makes okay. it difficult for me to, to look at lyrics and from another band and go, oh, what were you thinking with that? I you mean, know, how many times are they going to talk about their penis in an ACDC song? 
But right? I want ACDC to talk about their penis. Like I, <laughs> I, think, I think that they do it well. Do you know what I mean? Like They we, do, but my favorite songs by them are Hell's Bells, uh-huh. uh, If You Want Blood, uh-huh. right? Those are much better songs than Shoot to Thrill. Are we, ta- are we talking about all of ACDC or are we, are we going to limit ourselves to like the Bon Scott? Cause there's a, I feel like there is a difference too in the, if you want blood is Bon Scott. I'm sorry. If you want blood was Bon Scott. No, no, but I'm saying, are we, are we just thinking, are we thinking more about Bon Scott lyrics now? Or are we thinking about all of ACDC's lyrics? All of ACDC. Okay. Uh, Because I mean, even TNT as good of a song as that is, mm -hmm. um, it's about hooking up with women in, in small towns. Right. Yeah. That's all that they think about, and so after what about while, what about Dirty Deeds? Where does Dirty Deeds fit into? That's such a funny song. It's not not but, even trying to take itself seriously. But but the wit is actually the wit is like is razor yeah. sharp, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is. Yeah, it is. So so I mean, but so so you don't you don't get that razor sharp wit if you're not willing to be a little bit silly and delve into these things sometimes, sure. right? Sure, um, but I'm not expecting. Uh, I'm not expecting. Uh, Oscar Wilde out of metal, <laughs> no, right? No, no. I, I want John Milton in my metal. I don't want. Oscar I want some. Wilde. I want some wild too, though. Like I want. <laughs> uh, I, I want a little bit of an. I want some impishness in my music, and yeah, and yeah. And, and and I also want some like, you know, like we were talking about Megadeth, and, and their lyrics can kind of really span the full spectrum of great to 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 yeah. to bad, as as you're sort of framing it here. And, yeah. but like, I kind of like that about them. Like, like Dave Mustaine, I always think of him as Starscream from the Transformers. Do you know what I mean? He's got this, this hey. personality that's, that's, that's really kind of punk and just, I don't know. It's just like, like, like somebody who got cut really bad as a kid and never got over it. Like something, you know what I mean? Just like, the, like there's just what a, a great metaphor. Well, you, you know what I mean though? There's like a, it's like, he's like the. He's like the what was that movie? Better off dead. Do you remember the paper boy yeah. from Better Off Dead? He's like the paper yeah. boy from Better Off Dead, you know. Um, but I I I I I like his childishness, and and so I kind of want to have that in some of my metal. Uh, I think I think the stuff that that turns me off more in heavy metal is is when when you have. Like, I don't know, I remember there were a lot of Death Doom bands that I would listen to that took themselves so seriously that yeah. it just drained all of the, like, like all of the spirit of the music was, it was just like a funeral mass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, I'd rather have like a little spark of, of, of humor in there and, and, and some flawed material than something that's, that's like just too too pristine and dark um, we're getting close to what we were talking about last episode with how many ballad songs are you allowed on an album before you're not metal anymore right yeah. how many comical songs are you allowed before because warren's cherry pie might be the stupidest thing ever written well can we agree to that no well okay well so anything in that category isn't what i'm talking about like no, no like, i know you're not yeah. i'm using that, that metaphor here let me put, Help me out. No, no, so, I, 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 I see what you're saying. That that's a really stupid song, right? That's that's a tremendously stupid song. Um, and that's their that's the one they started with. So if that's the one out the gate, how much dumber is this okay. band going to get? And that's the fear going into metal. Let's bring it back to metal. Yep. If the first song off the album that we release is a ballad or a corny song, mm-hmm. what are we setting up for your expectations the, for the rest of that album 
I'll, do you I'll, follow? No, I'll explain the difference. So, so there's a re. So it's not, it's not about the humor content or the or 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 even the content itself with cherry pie. The difference between cherry pie and like really ridiculous comedic metal is is the intent going in. Like warrant <laughs> warrant is just there to party, right? Warrant they don't they don't care about playing instruments or being in a band right. or defending metal. They care about getting laid. Like I think we can agree <laughs> on that, right? Like that is right, right, that is absolutely. clearly the motive behind Warrant. And and I know that the singer's passed away and I don't want to be too harsh on them. Because, oh, he did. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. The singer died a few years ago, so I don't want to pick on him. We'll pick on Poison because Poison's maybe you know they're all still alive. So oh, I get these two bands confused. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Poison. So so Poison, they're all there to party, right? And, and and so the difference between them and say a band like Halloween, right? Halloween is as corny as it gets. Like you cannot get more corny metal, I think, than Halloween. His voice, my God, his yeah. voice. Go on. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's like it's even worse than King Diamond, right? Like, like, yeah, like, mo- like some people can can maybe handle a little King Diamond, but no Halloween, right? But there's still metal. Do you know what I mean? Even if you don't like Halloween, you can. It's hard to say. Well, that's hard rock. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, and so I feel like the difference really is that I still get the sense with Halloween, and I'm not the biggest Halloween fan, though I can appreciate them on a certain level. I, I, I think that. I get the impression that they're devoted to metal and that they're devoted to the endeavor itself, you know, whether it's classified as metal or something else. Right. They're, they're there for the music and they're there, even though the content's corny, they believe in that content. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Warrant believes in its content. I don't think Poison believes in its content. Right. And, I, and I'm not defending, I'm just using yeah. Warrant and, and Poison as really bad metaphors to explain that when you're approaching a new album or a new band, if you pick up Triumph Allied Forces and you think that's what Triumph sounds like, you're in for a big surprise when Sport of Kings comes out or when Never Surrender comes out because they kept changing what they sound like and they kept changing what they were writing about, right? They have a song, uh, what is it, uh, Laid on the Line, which is about him giving a girl a choice, you've got to tell me how you feel about me, which is as far removed from the song Never Surrender, which is about the complexities of living in the modern world. Those songs are far, so far removed from one another that if they appeared on the same album and the first song you heard was about trying to score with a chick, mm-hmm. you would think, what is this band about? Why are the other nine songs on this album and all so are you saying really this is complex... a good or a bad thing that this band does this? Or... I'm not saying it's either good or bad. I'm I... saying you as a consumer... You're set up for an expectation when you pick up, you. let's say you bought a K-Tel compilation of metal, mm-hmm. and the first song off the album is Warren's Cherry Pie. Oh, I'd be the curious. End the, album, the end of the album is Judas Priest Beyond the Realms of Death. You never get to Judas Priest Beyond the Realms of Death because you yeah. stopped listening on track one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be, I mean, I hate to use this word because it, but, but like, that would be like offensive. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. that was, because it's so. It's almost like whoever made that album is delib- is doing it on purpose to provoke a reaction. <laughs> but the expectation upon hearing a song from an album, if the first song you heard off of Reign of Blood was Necro- the song about uh, uh, not sleeping with dead bodies, eating dead bodies, Necrophage or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Um, if 
if you that was the first song you heard off the album, you would think, wow, what a silly, stupid band this is. But that's not the first song you heard off of Rain and Blood. The first song you heard was either Angel is it of Death or Necrophobic. You're thinking of Necro- Necrophobic. I just is that up. what it is? Yeah. There's one about eating a dead body. There's one about being a serial killer. There's one about the electric chair. I mean, I gotta say, there's a there's a good long standing tradition of metal bands writing about you know doing all kinds of terrible things with corpses. So I think yeah, I, I think... know, but that one is especially stupid. Yeah. That 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 Slayer song about. Uh, there's one about being buried alive and so on, but but I it, feel like when 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 bands tackle that genre of lyric, they generally do it in a per, almost from a stupid point of view. Do you know what I mean? Like stupid angle. I, like, I, like I think you're you're just completely constantly missing my point. I know the song is stupid. I'm saying if that's the first song you heard off that album, wouldn't it set up an expectation yes. that these guys are going to be dumb? Yeah, it would, it would. It would set. I would expect them to sound like one of the one of the bands that like only writes about ripping right. up dead bodies and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I would expect. Your 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 opinion about Halloween is pretty bad, right? Like, you don't think they make good music? If they had, so they okay, had okay. Well, like let, let me explain. On their so, album, you would never have found it because you couldn't get past the first song. So my my opinion of Halloween. In terms of, I mean, as musicians go, I think they're fine, right? Like, I yeah. think the, the, the performative aspect of the band is fine. I always had a little bit of trouble taking them seriously. Um, and I know people that really like them, though. And so I spent many hours in a car listening to them, even though I wouldn't have done it myself if I had been given the choice. And over time, they grew on me. So I can respect what Halloween does, but they're not like, you know, I wouldn't... I, I, I would reluctantly put them on to listen to them. They they only have two good songs, and I could have told you what those two were and it would have saved you a lot of pain. Um, but yeah, they're 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 okay. a silly band. Well, but if they well where does song... where does Doctor Steen fit into all this? Oh god, that's so bad. <laughs> He's Doctor Steen makes funny creatures. That's the line. They they crawl into the night. I don't remember the exact I, lyric, but I kind of admired the fun. boldness. Like it was so on the nose. Do you know what I mean? Like. I, <laughs> I, I I kind of respected that they were just like no this is what we're about you know what I mean this is like yeah. you know I yes I watched a lot of Hammer or a lot of Universal horror movies growing up and but then they did the song Keeper of the Seven Seas Part Two which is this eighteen minute epic <laughs> that they clearly wanted to be in realm with bands like Dream Theater and mm-hmm. Queen and these bands that write really long songs uh, in Agata de Vida by Iron Butterfly that kind of epic yeah and that's the only song on that album like that that has any of that kind of maturity. But that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That there's like you know, that shows range. That shows, you know, yes, we can we can write about Doctor Steen, but we can also do this. Do you know what I mean? We can also write about <laughs> yeah, yeah it, finding these it's, keys. It's sort of like set you set you set the expectations so low that you're floored when you get to you know right. it, it's it, it I don't know I I I think I think I'm I'm. I think number one, I'm probably less uh, less invested in lyrics than you are. I think you take the yeah. lyrics very seriously. I do, and I, and I, I mean, I'll admit, like, I mean, I like good lyrics, and 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 once they sink in, you know, like I'll start thinking about them and stuff. But but I always came at music like this from the perspective of a guitar player, and guitar players generally, I think, aren't as they're they're not as concerned with the lyrical content often. Um, they'll complain if they think the lyrics really suck. Do you know what I mean? But 
but you know, like I'll, I'll listen to bands whose singers I cannot stand if I really like the guitar. Um, right. And so, you know, lyrics are good. Lyrics are just a bonus if, uh, if they're present, but you know, I'll take, I'll, you know, I'll settle for just a good voice. And, uh, and and, and 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 I think too, um, uh, you you have a very literary approach to lyrics too. So I think that's the other thing is your yeah, yeah, yeah. your your expectations are very high when it comes to lyrics. Uh, right. But I guess the question is, is that is that representative of most heavy metal fans? Because I feel like heavy metal fans. So I I I meet a lot of heavy metal fans who have viewpoints like yours, but I also meet a lot of heavy metal fans who are sort of more like the comic book guys. Do you know what I mean? Who who aren't aren't as worried about you know a deep analysis of the song structure or the lyrics, and more interested in maybe the coolness factor of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I can I can off the top of my head I can think of a couple of bands that people get really excited about because they think the lyrics are deep and they're not and that well, that's always, a whole other topic really i would say yeah but, but, but what 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 bands would you list in that realm well they're not really metal but i know everybody likes them coheed and cambria that he couldn't write dumber lyrics if he tried were they and the guys from caius coheed and cambria or am i no no i'm confusing them with queens of the stone age yeah and i like Cam- the stone age i like his lyrics but he's what? not trying to be anything other than a dirty white trash band from the Victorville desert. Wasn't, wasn't Coheed and Cambria. They were like a ridiculous band, right? Or am I missing? No, no, he tried, he, uh, they're, uh, an indie. They're probably, I think they're considered new metal. I don't know if they're okay. actually new metal. They're a little progressive, but he, he has a really high pitched voice and he's been trying to translate this comic book idea into lyrics for the last six albums. Okay. So all these songs are supposed to reveal the details of this great war that's been going on in the comic book. Mm-hmm. But I listen to it and I just think these are all bad songs. These are all bad lyrics. You've got one song I can even put up with. I don't, I'm not seeing what your fans are seeing. And it's clearly a, a generational thing. People that really like comic books grok to this because it's talking directly at them. Yeah. And, and I don't read comics actually. So comics yeah. are something that I don't speak the comic language, but I watched a lot of schlocky horror movies. And so I speak yeah. that language. Um, but okay. So for depth, what, what makes metal lyrics deep then? If, uh, if, 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 uh, you know, since we're on the topic, like what would you um, say is, is properly deep? I, well, anything by rush, right. Before a certain age, Everything right, but Rush is. I, I'm actually. I'm not. I'm not a huge Rush person. So I mean, I, I believe you because I've heard Rush, and they definitely, yeah. they just come across as very intelligent. Um, right. So I, I assume that their lyrics are probably deep, but, yeah. uh, but I don't know. I don't know the material all that well. So that's that's really the problem that I'm starting with because that was my first. No, they're not metal, but that was my first out of, and uh, and Kansas too. Those were the two bands that I listened to out of getting out of classical music. Okay. And not listening to Kiss anymore, okay? Because Kiss is what everybody started on. You can't. Well, help it. for for you old timers, maybe, but for... <laughs> <laughs> not that much older than you. Um, but then I found Judas Priest. I found Iron Maiden. Okay. I found Triumph. I found yeah, even Crocus isn't. Well, they're not that smart, but they were pretty good at the time for yeah. for a teenager to grok. I think now that I listen to Face Warning a lot, that's my number one band. Or I listen to Opeth. Or I listen to Tool. I expect bands to be doing this, and I've been trying to get to this point all episode, and there's my segue. There's that song, Eternal Rains Will Come by Opeth. 
I made you listen to. Did you listen to it? It's the one with the opening organ? Yes, yeah, but I, okay. I didn't just listen to it five minutes ago, so you might have to refresh yeah. my memory. So the whole song is just about his breakup, his divorce from his wife. But he uses the flood, Noah's flood, as the metaphor for the divide between them. Mm-hmm. And it, it is such a beautifully composed song from beginning to end. And the lyrics, they just work. And he's writing to his voice and he's writing to the style of the song. And that's one of the things that makes Maynard so good at what he does, Maynard from Tool. And that's what makes a lot, uh, even the guys from Gojira are doing this because they are writing to the composition of the song. They're not just trying to cram some lyrics in that they thought of on the bus without any melody. And that that's a lot of these problems with 4-4 rock. And I, I mean, Foo Fighters is a perfect example of the dumbest lyrics in the world because they have nothing to do with anything. He's just throwing words together that sound good and that rhyme. He's even admitted this, that none of his songs are about anything. There are a lot, yeah, there are a lot of singers that will... The guy from Faith No More kind of said something like that about his lyrics. Mike Patton. Yeah. yeah. I Mike. went to high school with Mike. Well, what he said, though, was a little more interesting. He said that he is more concerned about the sound than the meaning, which yeah, I, can, yeah, I can absolutely. appreciate that. Um, yeah. And if that's what your band does, that's great. I'm not going to ever bitch about that if your whole point. But then you get Red Hot Chili Peppers. The mm-hmm. songs don't have any meaning, and the lyricism is awful, and the singing is the same on every single song. I get yeah. so sick of that <laughs> on every single song. It's okay. Didn't I hear this song three years ago on the radio? So I can't talk them apart. So what you just said, I, I agree with you on Maynard because I, I remember the lyrics for tool and they were, they were quite good. I'm not as familiar with Opeth, but I did hear that song and what you just explained to me about it. It definitely sounds like a very well-crafted song to be like that. Yeah. That's a very good argument for a well-made song. But I think I'm after something slightly different than you when I listen to lyrics. Absolutely. So, so, uh, and I think an interesting point of of sort of separation between us is maybe the bands just prior to our interest in metal. Yours was Rush. Mine was stuff like Queen and the Doors. And yeah. Queen is kind of an interesting thing to pair against Rush because they're in a similar genre. They're both sort of started as prog bands, right? But but Queen is a little bit more ridiculous. And, yeah. And the quality varies tremendously, uh, you know, in the, like you, they, they, they sort of try everything, especially early on and they can get very commercial as well. Um, sure. which rush rush never felt like a terribly commercial band to me. No. Um, so, so I think that might be part of it is I'm just, I'm a little more like four, four. I'm fine with, you know, like four, four, I'm fine with common time. Um, and I'm fine with, you know, bands that just fit things into the, into the lyrics that way. Um, right. Not that Queen did a lot of, you know, they did a lot of stuff that was, uh, in terms of type signature that was interesting and in terms of music that was interesting. But like, but their lyrics could definitely be kind of silly sometimes. Um, so I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if that, if, because Rush, when I think of Rush and when I think of Rush fans, I think of like engineers and I think of people with, <laughs> with, with degrees in literature and just people that right. are just generally, you know, have brains. Do you know what I mean? It's just, right. it's, it's, it, and, and even the band, like, isn't the drummer like a scientist or something? Am I mistaken about that? Is that just some no, sort of internet? He's rumor? not a scientist. He's just really well read. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. These things tend to explode and get, you know, uh, exaggerated. Uh, but now, the lead singer from bad religion has a doctorate in uh, biology okay. from Cornell. 
and he was working on his degree the entire time that they were making music. So his lyrics have always been highfalutin. I mean, phylogenetically appears in one of my favorite bad religion songs. Okay. So who, who else would use the word phylogenetically in a song? Well, I'm, I'm, it's, it's the kind of if another band used it, it would be because they found it in a thesaurus or in a medical right. dictionary. There's a right. lot of bands that do stuff like that. I, I, that's how we used to look for band names. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you know, I remember my, my first doom metal band. What was the name? Inhabitants of Pandemonium. You know, we didn't. You, you just found it as a as a as a as a synonym for hell. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, so funny. But, so uh, I, this is unrelated to lyrics, but I should tell this story. When I was uh, 13, I sat down and made a logo by hand for a band named Vex, V-E-X-X. That was going to be my metal band. And then I, and it had a big giant axe on the V uh, on one side, and it had a, a ball and chain on the other side of the V. What, was, that, the, what was the name again? Vex, V-E-X-X. Vex, that's actually a really cool name, I would say. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I wouldn't have thought. In high school, I had... And, and I didn't come up with the names. Inhabitants of Pandemonium, and then Israfel became our uh, our final name. And I huh? actually sat down and I drew out the our our band's first six albums. Um, <laughs> you didn't even have a band yet, right? You just did constructed. Right. I did the covers. I named all the songs, and I even I swear to God, I'm not making this up. At one point, I actually said, "Okay, this is going to be our sellout album. This is going to be the one that nobody <laughs> likes." And this is the one where we make our comeback. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I honestly sat down and did that, and I named the songs in the way that bands would name them based on their sellout album, based on the the experimental one after the sellout that nobody likes. And I was 13, and I'm sitting there doing this in my, my bedroom. I spent a couple of days doing it. I mean, I think everybody has that kind of dream. Do you know what I mean? Like... I don't know if they have a dream of the sellout album. No, no, no. I mean, you know, they imagine having a band that makes it, but but you just took it to the level of like really charting out where this was going to go. Even when I was in a band, like I was just, I would just, it was hard enough trying to make songs, let alone anticipating our fourth album. Um, Not that we ever got an album, you know, we, we, we played locally. Did I ever tell you the gefilte fish story? No. Don't. No, I said no. Oh. Go ahead. I, oh, I, I mean, I won't if you don't want me to. But it, it already sounds bad, which is a good way to start any story. So. so, so my my so in the band that I was in, we were we were like the only doom death metal band at all in our area. All the other bands were were sort of more alternative style bands, or you know, just stuff that was a little bit more popular. And so, when we went to a show there would always be like five or six kids that were like the death metal kids that wanted to mosh that were really into us, but nobody else liked us. And all the other, uh, all the other bands, I don't think really particularly liked us. And so my singer, he was really theatrical. He was into haunted garage. He was into Dio. He was into, um, you know, anything that sort of just had that, that bravado to it and that, that sort of staginess to it. And he, so he, he bought a bunch of, animal intestines like like tripe or something he put it in a ziploc bag and he put caro syrup and and food coloring in the bag and then he taped it to his belly and he said i'm going to cut my stomach open i'm going to pull out the guts and then i'm going to eat a brain and he said you know what i'm going to use for the brain he he was jewish and so he decided to use gefilte fish and the the because have you ever seen gefilte fish yeah yeah so it looks kind of like brain right however this gefilte fish that we got 
had been stewing in the hot sun in the car for hours. And, oh and so, so, when, so when he opened the top to take it out, the whole room just flooded with the odor. And not only that, but he was borrowing a mic from another band and he's chomping into this gefilte fish on stage and the juices are getting all over the mic and the, and the, and the, and the guts are spilled every, the room totally cleared out. And, and I still hear complaints to this day from people about, about, you know, who, who are upset about the mic being ruined. Um, but I was kind of proud. I was kind of happy that we sort of made an impression like that. Um, Please tell me this was on the last song and not the first song. I don't know where we were on our. <laughs> I mean, we only we had like four songs maybe that we played that night. Um, <laughs> it, it, I don't know where. I think I think we played through the stench. I think I think I think it was fairly early on because it wasn't like our sense of timing with all this was was brilliant. You know what I mean? Oh my! God. You know we toned it down by the next show. He was just going out on stage with like a single red rose and it was a little bit more theatrical but not as not as um not as grotesque and and and, and stinky but but yeah so that's the gefilte fish story um but uh but yeah so so i don't know i think uh i, I that's kind of where i'm coming from though if you can imagine like that's sort of you know probably more yeah. in the schlock uh right realm right. of of metal um, but, uh, but there was a degree of pretension, you know, we came out on the stage with a rose, right? That's kind of a, um, we were sort of aspiring to, to loftier things. Um, if you want some editing advice, just end this at the end of that Gaveltovich story. There's no top in that. We can sign off now. <laughs> we, we can go now. <laughs> All right. I think, I think maybe that's where we'll leave it is with the Gaveltovich. Uh, oh. I don't know. Is there anything you want to add before we go? Any? Not after that. Okay. No, you don't. You don't follow that up. All right. Yeah, I, I don't think I named any names, so I think it's all good. Uh, you know, hopefully people won't be mad at me for for bringing up that story. But uh, but yeah. So so anyways, this was a, a special edition. This this is just a mere fifty three minutes compared to our you know our albums are all like iron maiden songs they just not our albums our our podcast episodes are just they just kind of go on and on um all right so we'll leave it here and we'll be back on with a proper episode that's more complete and we'll deal with the topic and i think is that going to be the 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 sad song episode is that what we're going with if if you get your shit together it'll i'll, be I'll get my song. shit together i can i can i once once i get going on it, it'll be good i just need to i just need to, to you know sit down and think a little bit so it's so, all right so we'll be back on and we will talk to you later